Welcome back into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. This is our national edition of our show. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Relatively quiet night in the National Hockey League tonight. Mm-hmm. Oilers and the Blues and the Rangers and the Blue Jackets. And for some reason, I think more of the attention might be off Connor McDavid and company tonight and maybe more on a six-round draft pick <laughs> who just got called up about a week ago, JB. Matt Rempe is, uh, played four NHL games, I believe. He has fought three and a half times. The, the one time he left someone so bloodied with a hit that no one really wanted to fight him. It's been a, a whirlwind for him coming out of the gates. The last guy he fought was uh, Matthew Olivier, who punched his eye just about closed. I don't know if you've seen a picture of Rempe yeah. since, but he's struggling a bit. Um, we talked with Steve Valiquette in the last hour, uh, covers the Rangers, about Rempe and his thoughts on his fighting. They play this team again. Like, is he going to fight this guy again? Yeah. The guy who just punched him in, he's, it's a little much, Kip. For those of you just joining our show uh, here at the top of the hour, uh, we did have Steve Aliquette on earlier. And if you get a chance, download that and, and have a listen because usually we talk to Valley and it, it's around the, the numbers of the goalies and, you know, the overall uh, view of, uh, of what he sees outside the crease. But he talked about um, fighting and uh, the, the closeness that he's had uh, with teammates uh, yeah. who some have lost his, their lives. Steve Monitor and Steve Page. Steve Monitor. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, 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 it's really compelling stuff. Give it a listen. Um, we do have another guest, though, before we, we have time to finish that convo. So I'm going to let you tee it up. All right. Our next guest is a guy who I'm, I want to take a little credit for. Agent Kipper. Not so much a, a, agent Kipper, agent Kipper, <laughs> linemate Kipper. Thursday morning, Eric Lindro skates. Um, you know, we formed a line with myself, Big E, and and our next guest, uh, Cody Hodgson. And uh, I, I think that's where the the seed was planted, right? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's welcome in Cody Hodgson from the Milwaukee Admirals, who went eight years between wow professional hockey goals. Cody, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? You look great. You look better than me, uh, I can tell you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel great. No, it's nice to be playing again. And, uh, you know, not that I didn't, you know, consider playing with you also playing, but in a professional manner. <laughs> if you're playing with Kip, it is not in a professional manner. So, this no, in all seriousness, how good was our line? I think we were great. You know, you could see why we played. <laughs> it was nice to reminisce about the old days playing, but uh, no, we had some good chemistry out there. So oh. go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you uh, go. So, so Cody, you, um, you, you had a condition that was associated with some uh, medication you had been taking at the time. For those people who aren't familiar with your story, could you give us the background of how you went from stopping playing in 2016 to being back and, by the way, scoring three times in five games in the American League already? Uh, well, yeah, it's a bit of a crazy story, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I was diagnosed in 2016 with a, a rare muscle condition called malignant hyperthermia. Um, I was having some severe issues. Uh, most people know it as an allergy to anesthesia where your body gets super hot and, uh, you know, things just basically start shutting down. Everything seizes up and um, you trigger this reaction that is fatal. You know, the name malignant means can kill you. And then hyperthermia just means your temperature you know, rises too high. So um, that's what I dealt with while I was playing. 
And uh, I was told once I once I was diagnosed 100 percent with it, I did the genetic testing first just to try to confirm it wasn't exactly conclusive. So I had to do a muscle biopsy mm -hmm. They take a big chunk of your muscle and, and they test it through a bunch of uh, um, yeah, they put through a bunch of tests and then they showed that I had it full for sure. So they said uh, avoid contact sports, avoid prolonged physical activity, avoid going from hot to cold or cold to hot. Avoid, uh, you know, high stress environment. Basically, a job description Hockey. of a hockey player. <laughs> and they say if you don't do that, you could trigger this thing; it could kill you. So, um, you know, I was having some heart arrhythmia stuff. I was having, uh, you know, my lungs were shutting down. I was urinating blood. I had a whole bunch of issues while I was playing that I had to go to the hospital a couple times for just in the emergency room, um, and it, it really was scary. So, uh, after the, the testing, I you know took about four and a half years off. I didn't touch my gear. Um, and then uh, some alumni guys in Nashville, while I was living there, I was working for the Predators. They uh, they knew I couldn't play hockey and they'd still check up on me every you know couple of weeks. They're just a really good organization, really good people. Um, and so I decided to stay in Nashville and, and oversee the youth development. I did that for about seven years and, and just played basically hockey once a week. Um, and then I moved home. My brother just had a kid and uh, my other sister was pregnant. So I wanted to be an uncle. Moved back to Toronto, started skating a little bit in the summer. And um, yeah, kind of took off from there once once I started feeling healthy. Can I ask you that stretch of retiring to the point where you went back? Um, was it? Did you ever really have closure? Is this why you, you're, you're coming back? Is because you never felt right about uh, the time that you did retire the first time? Yeah, I always wanted to play. You know, I played you know six years, but I always felt like you know a lot of my buddies are still playing and. And it's still, you know, it's the best life. You, you want to be out there and competing. And uh, I knew I, I didn't have a chance. I knew, you know, while I was, you know, having these issues and even, you know, in the previous times, if I skated hard, if I was, you know, did a hard workout, I knew my body would seize up. It, it would trigger and I wouldn't be able to do anything for a day or two and have to take these drugs that make you kind of loopy and, and you can't really play on them. So, um, yeah, it was tough. It, it, those four or five years were really tough. I didn't, I literally didn't touch my my hockey gear, like my professional stuff, in a long time. And then JP Dumont said, if you want to come back out and play, it's just alumni guys. No one's there to prove anything, and we just have fun. So if you can't skate, you can't skate, and you just get off, and no one's, you know, no one's going to try to kill you or anything like that. It's not super competitive. So I loved it. It was good for the soul to be back and they're in the game, being around the dressing room, being around the guys, and um, it was nice and to to allow me to come out and then. From there, started playing yeah once or twice a week, and then when I got back in Toronto, a little more intense skates with with Lindros and Gary Roberts as a skate as well. I joined, and um, they just made you feel comfortable. And but once I started feeling good, it was about midsummer. I I called some of my buddies that uh, were still playing, Cameron Gons, Kevin Carr, and I said, hey, if you guys ever need an extra guy, you know, I'd love to I'd love to jump out there with you guys and, and see what I can do. So. I just having fun. I was still, I was still 235 pounds. And so I've lost uh, 45 pounds since then, wow. but uh, you know, it was just fun to get back out there and, and compete with them. They were, uh, they were still training. Like they all wanted to play back in the national hockey league and some of them were still playing. So um, just kind of took it from there. Imagine being so good at hockey. You just call up guys and playing for hockey. Be like, can I just jump out there a little bit? Like I'm just a drop 40 and get back in the mix. So is your health <laughs> condition then? Is that, gone is that how looked after is it a risk still for you i mean i think it's, it's a genetic condition so it's always there but okay. hopefully with the, with the the right medication that i have now and and being able to do these techniques that i've kind of developed over the last little bit that it hasn't triggered and i've, I've pushed myself harder in the last six months than i have in my entire life thinking that i would try to trigger it so that you know i wouldn't come back Final and then have to stop it for two weeks yeah. you know <laughs> so um, no, and luckily it's been great. I, I, we called up the doctors that told me I couldn't play anymore. And I said, please test me for everything, you know, test my lungs, liver, kidney, heart, all that stuff. And 
it all came back clean. And then I, I you know, after skating and, and normally I, like I said, it would be like a couple of days I have to take off, but after skating with the guys that were still playing and I, you know, I tried to come back the next week and then maybe I'd do two skates a week and then started into three and I just kept pushing it and pushing it. And, and then, uh, I, I called the doctors again. I said, Hey, I'm going to try to, you know, push this as hard as I can. Can you guys monitor me please? And, and so every week I would send my blood work in the blood tests and, and it's been clean. So, um, yeah, knock on wood, nothing, nothing comes up, but it has been feeling great. We're talking to Cody Hodgson, who's made a remarkable comeback after eight seasons uh, and now is playing in uh, what's still considered, I think, the second best league in the world, the American Hockey and League. And on the best team by a good distance, too. What did you guys, like, have you haven't lost in 19 games or something, 20? <laughs> we just lost on, on the 20th game, unfortunately. But, yeah, the second all-time in AHL history, uh, the streak. That is so awesome. So let me ask you something, like, eight years like a few things have changed. Tell me about those first couple of days walking in is like you, you get a little Marty McFly thing going back to the future. Like what, what was noticeable for you that you maybe you noticed that you didn't notice eight years ago? Well, I know no one takes slap shots anymore. That's the first thing everyone kind of told me about. Yeah. You know, there's just no time in the game, but um, we'll see if I can bring it back. The, uh, <laughs> No, the next thing is just everyone's so talented and skilled and, and fast, but I thought that was going to be the, the biggest adjustment, just the speed of the game. And honestly, the mental side of it, that was probably the most difficult. I, I mean, the first game back, the, I got to give Milwaukee credit, though. The coaches have tried to put me in a situation to succeed, and they didn't put me in the first uh, little bit. I was practicing, trying to get up to speed, and then I got put in a couple games. I broke my rib the first game, like second period, so tried to play through that for a bit. <laughs> had a bruise long. <laughs> Um, the second game uh, was feeling it, but then, yeah, I had to shut down for about three weeks. And then uh, just coming back now, that's, I had to take a little break. But um, that was a nice welcome back to pro hockey. Nice broken rib right at, right yeah. at the beginning. Is uh, it? But no, you, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was just like, is it being back around pro hockey and the routine of, you know, travel, morning skate, game, shower? You know, the 3,000 showers per day is something I remember vividly that I was glad to get out of when I was done. Is it like a time warp to be back doing all that again? Yeah, it is. But they, like I said, these guys are this such professionals here. They they got great food in the mornings. Uh, you know, they got top notch medical staff. So honestly, it, it feels great. Like I, I don't know uh, what else you need. I, as a hockey player, it's kind of the three days of the week. You know, you get game day practice, day day off. It makes things real simple. So it, it's weird being back in that environment after you know being in the business world, sort of uh, in real estate. When I got out of hockey. Uh, I started investing in real estate and so there's you know you had to get rid of your naps that was pretty nice getting the, the, the midday nap now bring that back yeah uh, how about yeah how, how about video games with some of the 20 something guys like, <laughs> yeah. like what do you guys do all day in milwaukee <laughs> no i haven't uh, i haven't got it back into the video games i actually never was really into the video games um when i was doing it but no now we're into the the red light therapies the pemf the all the stuff to take care of your body it's, it's changed a little bit I guess. So, you know, what are the aspirations? I mean, obviously, you'd like to get back and play at the highest level, one assumes? Yeah. No, I think anyone who plays at, you know, hockey and competitive level wants right. to play at the top. So that's my goal. I mean, it might be insane to think about it, but, um, no, that's what I'm pushing for. So, yeah, uh, PTO would be a good start by next September with the National Hockey League Club. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm just trying to do well with this team. You know, I'm trying to get involved as much as I can and then be part of this, uh, 
you know, hopefully we can start another streak, but it's been fun to be around. I really like the coaching staff, the GM. They gave me a chance. When I first called, they're like, uh, you know, that might be a little long. <laughs> I haven't played in eight years. Yeah. But I was fortunate. I got to talk with, um, I actually called people that, that knew me and knew my character and knew I wasn't just, you know, calling, you know, kind of, you know, in this pipe dream that I was training and, and knew what was going on. But, you know, a couple, a uh, couple guys made some phone calls on my behalf, which is really nice. And, um, I was able to talk to, you know, Guy Boucher and, and Terry Crisp was a good one in Nashville. I just basically asked them, like, you guys have been around the game a long time. How would you try to do this? Or what do you think would be the best way to do this? And they said, you know, it'd be tough to try to convince a team to give you a tryout right away. But maybe if you pay your own way, you come down and you do your own skates and you show them as part of practice and then maybe they can, you can help their team. So that's what I did. I called Milwaukee, I called a couple teams and, and these guys are, you know, fortunate. I was fortunate to get a chance with them. And so just trying to reward that, uh, that decision. I'm just trying to, yeah, keep in the lineup and, and do as best as I can. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a different, it's a different mentality right now, but I, I'm not looking too far in the future, just day by day, trying to score as many goals as I can and, and uh, contribute to the wins. Where are you uh, in like your fitness compared to where you would have been as a player? Do you feel strong in the gym like you were? Or? Oh, I'm way better shape. I, oh, really? Before when I pushed it, I would, I would get worse. Like my body would shut down. And so it was really tough for me to do that type of conditioning. Now I feel like more I work, the more I push, the better I get. So yeah, yeah I've, I'm down to 189 pounds. I think we just did our body fat on about 8.5, 8. 8.25% wow. body fat. That's like better than when I played at the at the peak. Can I ask you about uh, the goaltender uh, Askarov? I think uh, highest uh, drafted Russian goalie, and I think in NHL history, I think if I'm not mistaken, 11th. Uh, how good is he? Oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I told I played with a lot of good goalies. I started my career with Luongo and Schneider, Miller, and then uh, Pekarene and Nashville. He's he's up there. He's he's honestly he's his caliber is pretty intense, uh, pretty high. So I like working with him. I like shooting on him. He's he competes on every puck. Doesn't matter if it's a rebound in practice. If it's in warm before a game, he'll die for pucks. Like it's <laughs> it's pretty fun to be on the ice with him. On trade deadline day, when he's packing his bag to go to Nashville, can you call us and let us know? <laughs> <laughs> they actually have this figurine coming out for ASCII night. They have him uh, bench pressing the net, and I asked him, like, if you get a couple of these, I want, I want, I want a couple of signed of these. It's pretty, pretty historic. So yeah, yeah he's. Uh, He's ready to go. Well, it's awesome seeing you. For those of you that uh, aren't watching on one of our platforms, uh, uh, TV, uh, Cody, you look great, man. And I'm I'm taking credit for a lot of it. I want to be honest with you here. Oh, thank you. You should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, and put in a good word for me and the Big E. If you can do it, <laughs> yeah, we can do it too. On the fourth line with the Admirals. Yeah. You've inspired <laughs> me, Cody. <laughs> Oh, thanks, guys. All the best, buddy. Yeah, thanks, All the Cody. best. And we'll stay in touch. Cody Hodgson, everybody, from uh, the Milwaukee Admirals, who's eight years removed and back playing professional hockey at age 34. First game scored, second game scored, third game scored. Uh, listen, he was... Uh, well, welcome back. He was a top 10 pick, was he not? He was 10th, yeah. yeah. And there's so much skill. And, you know, all joking aside, when I when we skate Thursdays, like you can be with a 55 year old, a 60 year old, but you know the mind and the, the IQ or the ability to shoot a puck doesn't leave. Yeah. The the leg the, the legs leave. Yeah. Right. Oh and, yeah. And, and, and the quickness leaves, but you can see 
the difference between an amateur and a professional oh, hockey I, I player. I tell people he, he yeah. came out. He came out the first day we skated together. I'm like, I got to get off the ice. <laughs> you know, I uh, <laughs> I tell people all the time that I was privileged to skate in the summers in Kelowna with uh, Dale Howarchuk and Brian Trotche. Yeah, in wow. skates. And so, you know, you play in these games, and even a lot of the former pros who were very good pros don't look like those guys who still at their ages, you know, this is 10 years ago, the deception and the vision and, the you know, these guys at 60s, bing, bing, bing. You know, you get a guy like Hodgson who's as good as he is um, and, you know, in his 30s still, I'm sure it was impressive yeah. to watch. And I have no doubt in my mind right now that he's in the best shape of his life. Yes, well, you know, it sounds like he has reason to be able to get there now. He's able yeah. to get to new levels, so. And 34? 33 right now? No, I think he turned 34. Okay. Just recently, I think. He play left wing? Leafs get him at the deadline. He's a right-handed shot. Eh, but pretty good right side in the Leafs. Uh, it's not like he's 37 or 38, and it's yeah. not like he's got a ton of uh, well, wear and tear on him. That you know, is different, right? The mileage has not been it's there. It's not the number of the uh, on the birth certificate. It's usually the the miles accumulated. Can, can, can I ask you about this? Because I'm fascinated about this. The skate, like I yeah. Who make like? Because it's like you're saying that these big names. You got Big E. You're always talking about like Cab or like. Yeah. Who makes up the rest? Ah, uh, there's some college kids out okay. there, and uh, you know, there's some there's some few pylons out there. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> But I got to feel good when I score. Oh, you can't get <laughs> who plays 40 net? active great NHLers who plays in net? the hood. Oh, we got we got a mix of like four or five guys in the rotation. Yeah, you got to have a rotation. Yeah. You know okay. And they're good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. Tui. I'm just very, very interested in this. I think I, you, yeah, we lost a couple goalies for a year. And now they're back. There's usually some <laughs> kid some who's like 14 who's just happy to be there and, and try. This is, this is the, the the most, and I'll go again tomorrow morning, but this is the most I've skated probably in 10, 15 years on a semi-regular basis. Does it feel and any I've, better I've with consistency? I forgot how much I love it. Yeah. yeah we I love are it. Really it's good a pain in the it. ass yeah. to you know, you wake up in the morning, you got to get your equipment. It still stinks. I haven't played a game in probably three years. Oh, you can have Borneo. Putting equipment on is labor. It's work. It's work. The reason that, get once you're out to there, the it's skate. awesome. Get the, Borneo to the skate. The reason I haven't skated is primarily because of it's like the, the work. They're like, yeah, it's 11 p.m. in, you know, yeah, Vaughn or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm not doing yeah. that. Well, come out for one skate. Yeah. I'd love to see that. I've got my skates. You, you, no, you're in a great shape. <laughs> I, I just, I love just a fun group of guys. You know, just that camaraderie in the dressing room before and after. That's a, well, that's the whole reason you go. It's so good. Well, I, I got to tell you, if you stop drinking and people want you to play beer, beer league, that you're missing out on a good portion well, of the fun the, like, sitting around after. I mean, I've been on the same team for eight years with guys, and I often tell people the only reason I continue it going is because. I'll never see them again. It's just like an excuse <laughs> yeah. to see these guys I love once a week and have a you know cool beer hot shower and yeah. talk to them for a bit. It's it's that's part of the that's most of the battle. Anyways, I just love that he called up an AHL general manager. He's like, I want to play, and you're, he's so good that he's like, yeah, okay, you're on the team, and he's scoring now. Yeah. Like, imagine being that good at hockey. It's great. Well, and you know, it's it's not an easy decision for these clubs to weigh out the pros and cons of having a 22 year well, old or is, yeah, for you sure. know, but. Still a very competitive league, and some are independently owned. Some are uh, owned by NHL clubs. Some want to win. Some want to make the playoffs. Someone wants to make money yes. in, in, with Gates. 
the coaches are trying to make the NHL too. They want to win these games. Yes, sir. Um, should we game time it up? Want to game time it? Yeah, let's game time it. Oh, wait, let me get my uh, my read here. Hold on a second. It's game time. It's game time. I should I should know this after reading this every single day for 90-something shows. It would be a shows. fun test if you could put that paper down and, and uh, see what you could do here. It's game time. I'm lost. <laughs> it's game time. Presented by Bet365. <laughs> Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19+. plus. Ontario only. Please play it responsibly. Now, there's only two games on the schedule tonight. I wish you could bet on it if Rempe was going to fight, fight or not. I don't think you can. I was perusing while you guys were talking to Cody and I, I, can't, good old fashion, I, I, can't, I can't think of an easier way to kind of yeah I mean like will he fight make money, up, yeah, make send money. Text, yeah. yeah well I mean he's also fought every game or tried to so yeah. um I think the Columbus Blue Jackets uh are terrible and that's a really hot opinion from me yeah risk and that. they just ended the Rangers nine game winning streak so going to Madison Square Garden everybody's fired up I like the New York Rangers minus a goal and a half tonight at minus 105. I think they're probably going to run it up on them at Madison Square Garden. Minus two and a half is a reasonable Yeah, you could, you could go there too. Yeah. And I, the Blues, did they play last night maybe? Is that why? Plus 245 tonight for them to play in Edmonton. The Oilers are minus 305 favorites to beat the St. Louis Blues. Seems like a huge number to me. Um, but if you wanted to, you could bet on Connor McDavid the guy who can't score anymore, he's just forgotten how to score. You can bet on him scoring a goal tonight at minus 110. They're not giving you a big number because no, they know. It's coming. It's got to be coming the here Blues eventually. played in Winnipeg last night. Okay, yeah, so yeah. there you go. And they lost to the Blues, who have now won four in a row, I believe, so they're getting back on track. Uh, something else in that game, if you want to have a little bit of fun, give me a Zach Hyman goal at plus 105 on his trek towards 50 more goals, or 50 goals for him in his first 50-goal uh, season. Uh, that was game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds to find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Steve Valiquette, who we had earlier in the show that uh, we spoke of uh, uh, at the top of the hour, suggested that maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea if the Rangers, the coaching staff, Chris Drury didn't play Rampy tonight. Didn't play him at all. Yeah, didn't play him at all. Well, I, I, I don't know, I don't know that, how that I feel like about punishment that. To me, I, for a guy who's put his soul on the line here in I, four games, I think, I think there'd be a lot of disappointed fans, and it's not so much that they're hoping, and they are. Let's not make any mistake. There's a lot of people still hoping that they're going to go at it again tonight. But I would rather almost a coach or a team publicly saying we don't want him fighting tonight. We've Save instructed him, him not be, to fight yeah. tonight, but he's playing. But then you kind of take away some of his effectiveness, right? Yeah. If, if you the publicly only, To me, the only way you limit it is you put him in the press box. That's the only way you really well, stop him from doing I, it. I think you can but, tell him that you don't want him to fight, but you don't have to tell the opposition. The other thing is, like, genuine fear for his eye. His, like, his, he's in bad shape. You know, you don't want to take – you don't want to become Jake McCabe's nose. You can't just take a you lick. put a and, visor on him then? If there's a – if sure. there's a, it's, it wouldn't be the first time a player played with a visor or a cage. You mean like a bubble? A, like a bubble. A bubble yeah, to okay. protect a cheekbone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, but, you just tell him, hey, could you just not – unless this guy jumps you here, we need you badly. Could you just not? He's not looking so hot. Like, look at that picture. All right. It's a black guy. Please. We've all had him, Sammy. Uh, you get a black guy like that without real damage under underneath? I don't know. I didn't fight much. <laughs> I wasn't much of a fighter either. <laughs> like, it's been incredible, though. Like, 
from zero to a hundred miles an hour and just the attention that it, it, it grabbed right away. Like the seconds after that fight with uh, Delorier, like we all watched it because it's, it went viral and it's one of the first things you open up your phone and you could find mm-hmm. be the first thing that you found was that fight. Yeah. And I, I loved 32 it. PIMS in five games so far. Yeah, has he had over six minutes of ice yet this year, the, uh, in the game? Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's the answer. But he does have a goal and an assist to go with it, too. So how he's many, getting how, on the score sheet. He had four I, shots. I think he had 15 minutes of penalties and 13 seconds of ice time against the Devils. Like, he wasn't... Was like, against the Devils. Oh, wow. Yeah. Time on ice per game. You know, 13 the, seconds. The yeah. one thing that, that, that really stands out for me with this kid is that, like, I been in a call-up situation and I've seen call-ups with tough guys and they knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. They'd be quiet about it. There'd be a maybe some anxiety that came with it. Like there seems to be nothing like this for this 21-year-old. It's like having a beer for him, these few fights. Yeah. Like, and then he... He speaks of fighting Matt Martin, and he's telling the story about the conversation in the penalty box, yep. and he genuinely loves it. Mm-hmm. And my experience is the guys who generally love it are the scariest ones of all. Yeah, absolute nut bars. I, I mean, I know there's a number of them who feel that way, but I don't even understand that. He's not phased. Like, yeah. this is like... This is Ty Domi territory where this guy loved it. Mm. Loved yeah. it. And yeah, and we'll see you kind of run. I'm sure it's one of those things where like the league likes it. We're talking about it. It's getting lots of air. But also there is kind of, you know, people fighting has yeah. you know, become a little bit more oh, no. sensitive a topic, right? So For sure, because mm-hmm. now everybody's well aware of concussions and yeah. you know. The risk, depending on who you talk to, the link of CTE, yep. and it's it's always in our faces now. So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's going back to the kid as well. But you know what? He may get to a point where it's like Chara got to, where people understand that he's the guy, and no one wants to do it, and he gets to kind of dictate that space and create that space for his teammates. Where he's gone through the league. He's fought most of the guys, and he has that level of respect from people that he will, and he doesn't have to do it as much. I mean, that does happen for guys, right? Yeah, it does. Um, and then it puts the onus on another team to go, okay, if they've got this missile on that side, I, I need one. It's an to, arms race. I, I need to. I, I need one just in case myself. Don't and then uh, are we? The are, but the problem is, you can't find these guys. There's yeah. just not that many out there. No. Unicorns for sure. All right. Uh, take a break. Yep. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg on the on the other side. We got uh, plenty to get into with our NHL news and notes. You just mentioned Winnipeg. Gary Bettman visiting Winnipeg. He met with corporate. <laughs> he met with fans. He met uh, with, I'm sure, the team. So how concerned is Gary Bettman? How concerned should the fans be? We'll get into that and more. When we return... Real Kipper and Born. 
it's Ben Ennis. And I'm Brent Gunning. We got you covered on all things Leafs, Raptors, and Blue Jays every weekday morning, 6 to 9. It's the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. All right. Commissioner of the NHL made a trip to Winnipeg, Manitoba to reassure everyone that Winnipeg Jets aren't going anywhere. It was the first thing that came to my mind uh, was the Kyle Dubas. Oh, everything's great. Everything's great. <laughs> Things are great. Yeah. Uh, do we have any sound, Sammy? We do. We, do. we have a Gary Batman clip. All right, let's go to it, it, and then we'll come out. Yep. Mark's view, but Mark isn't issuing any deadlines. Uh, he's focused on what he can do to make sure the fan base is maximally engaged, and I applaud the effort. But again, we're not operating under the sword of Damocles or on a razor's edge. This is part of the evolution of what franchises sometimes go through. Uh, I remember a number of other Canadian franchises, for example, some of them considered to be small market, where the season ticket base aged out and they had to go rebuild it with younger fans. It happens. Let's be clear about something, okay? I believe that this is a strong NHL market, and it will adjust. Uh, everything's great. <laughs> There's the one I was thinking of. Is he talking about Edmonton? Or the fan base edged out, considered small market? Would that be Calgary? reference there? I don't know. Str- Ottawa? Strong market, but strong enough in 2024 now? I don't know. The issue here, there was no issue. And then Mark Chipman came out and said... No, there's an issue. An issue with attendance. Yeah. He said, I wouldn't be honest with you if I didn't say we've got to get back to 13,000 season tickets. The place we find ourselves in right now, it's not going to work over the long haul. It just isn't. To me, that is pressing the panic button to try to get people to go, oh, God, and go buy pity tickets. Pickets? Yes. Which, to me, is not a long-term strategy. I think you're not wrong in terms of it's a wake-up call without it looking like a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's Gary Bettman right now going into that market and reminding everybody, hey, do you remember like the Where hockey market, NHL's here? Oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to buy tickets. Yeah, like it, That's not the case. The case is they're not going right now because – there's a, there's an issue with the economics of maybe that market right now. They Maybe they just don't have extra money to go to a hockey game. What's concerning That's is that the, concern. the Jets are first in the Central. They're winning. And they still aren't going as much as they used to. Yeah. It is a concern. I, I'm not saying that it's not a concern that tickets are down. I'm saying... It went from nobody was aware there was a mild issue yeah. to people are like, are they going to relocate the franchise? Like, no, 
But I think they just went pretty hard after this, like, hey, we're worried about this. Yeah, I think I think the the message is that if this doesn't get fixed over what? Yeah. Like what are we talking about? A year and a half, oh. two years, three years? No, yeah. no. If, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, if in two years, if that fan base doesn't get up to thirteen thousand season tickets, they can't stay. The building only holds fifteen well, five. I'm, you gotta sell thirteen thousand seasons? I'm looking at the average attendance, they're second last mullet. Well, but they have the smallest rink but, in the but, league that but, isn't mullet. But the percentage of capacity. There, that's relevant. The San Jose Sharks are last, mm-hmm. 79.6. Buffalo is 83.7. And coming in third last is the Winnipeg Jets with 87.6. Uh, yeah. They have to stay. They have to sell out. That's the relevant number to me. The next, the next one is the Calgary Flames at 90.5. Yeah, but that building sucks too. And they're gonna but they it. have to sell out. Uh, yeah. Every game. Well, at 15-5, you got to sell it out. I totally get that, yeah. and I recognize it's a problem, and it's a dip right now, but, like, to get to 13,000 seasons just to make it sustainable, I, I understand it would be nice if they were there, but... Well, then you attack the whatever corporate world is out there to That's the hard up. part, eh? That's the hard part, is that Winnipeg has the lowest percentage of season ticket sales that are corporations. Where in a market like Toronto, almost half of seasons are owned by companies, not people. That is not the case in Winnipeg, where it's people. Which is way better, obviously, but tougher because when people have tough economic situations, they're less likely to be able to maintain them. So I get it's a challenge and I get it's tight, but this to me is, hey, we need to pay attention. The Jets and their fans need to take more care in terms of getting to a game as sort of a civic good than other places do, but I'm not that worried about this. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried because you they're they really lose good. Their team? Uh, over, the, over the next two or three years, yes, they could if things don't... It, it's getting more expensive. you got to understand, too, is that if they're having economic issues... Today, what would it have been like with no pandemic and a $100 million cap? Maybe people would have more money without the pandemic. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know yeah. enough about economics to suggest Neither that might be the case. But the cap is going to go up. Yeah. And if they don't feel like they're ge- generating enough revenue to support a, point. Uh, a cap today, What's it going to be like when it hits a hundred million Which in, you could in five three, years. Or, three or four yeah, years, exactly. and you're still at nine and a half, ten thousand season ticket holders? Yeah, but I mean, Kip, like it's at nine thousand, whatever, nine thousand five hundred. I don't know exactly what it is right now, yeah. but if they get another, okay, a couple, couple thousand more, they get up to eleven five, twelve. Yeah, you know, like I feel like this is there are small rev, small market teams. Every building is not going to be the bell center. Some markets are supported by the revenue sharing within the league. Like I feel, I feel like they're going to be okay. I get. Listen, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not panicking here either. There's plenty of time here, and they're going to make the playoffs. And if they have a good run, they will sell out, and they will create excitement. Mm -hmm. And then individuals or corporations will make key decisions on how much they want to invest of their their budgets yep. into next season. And, you know, hopefully it's it's an afterthought. And meanwhile, the team has won seven of their last eight. They just beat Minnesota, Chicago, Arizona, and St. Louis pretty handily. Sean Monaghan has been a wonderful fit there. 
And he's been producing pretty consistently. Before we move on to the actual team, yes. I'm just looking at these average attendance things. It's just fascinating to me. I'm looking at the uh, average of capacity, like the percentage. Yeah. The Arizona Coyotes coming in at 100%. Their average attendance is 4,600, and their capacity is 4,600. Yeah. Nothing fishy there, is there? Like, exactly your average is exact. Like, you're selling out every game. It's average. It's perfect. Like, that number isn't round. It's just 100 right on the dot. 4,600 right on the dot, yeah. right across the board. What, uh, but I imagine... A little older to that. To what me. are the are most... How many teams are at 100%? The Coyotes, Dallas Stars, uh, Colorado is Good above... Dallas. Is above 100%, 100.5. Uh, Carolina, Nashville, Boston, Seattle, Vegas, and Minnesota. Interesting list. Yeah. What are the of, what's Toronto? Toronto is... I'm just looking here quickly. They are 99.8%. Way to go, Doug. Some guy who didn't go one yeah, time. He nailed it. Yeah. Anyways, just thought that was fascinating with the Coyotes. We can All move right. on now. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. Yep. Sid won't let the Penguins die. I don't know if he's going to have much choice because the, the season is shrinking fast. I don't know, uh, man. Everything's great. Like, what kind of run do they have to be on in their next... 20 plus. You know why it's not as bad as it looks? Because the game's in hand? That, yes, definitely a big thing. But third place in the Metro currently belongs to the Philadelphia Flyers. So they're not even chasing that second wild card spot as so much as they're chasing third in the Metro. The Flyers have 69 points in 60 games. You know, Penguins have 62 in 56 games. So, you know, they've got enough. They're, they're not that far back if they win a few in a row. They've won three in a row. They keep her going here. They they'll be in the mix. So, so you have four and four starting the playoffs, or you got five and three. What do you mean? At, uh, five playoff teams out of the uh, oh, yeah. Eastern Conference, no. or three out of three the out Metro. of the Metro. Three out okay. of the Metro. That's so. It. Who's who's dropping for Pittsburgh to make it? The Flyers. Flyers would be dropping. Yep. That's. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. Although they did just hang yes. five on the Tampa Bay yes, Lightning. Yes, they did. In the third period. I don't think, six I don't know if Torts is going to let this team just fade into the sunset here. Um, just wanted to note on Sid before we move past it. He reached 1,000 even strength points last night. The other guys to do that are Wayne Gretzky, Yarmer Yager, Gordy Howe, Mark Messier, Marcel Dion, Steve Eiserman, Ron Francis, and Phil Esposito, and now Sidney Crosby. Wow. So a couple Solid of list, that yeah, was a couple of night, uh, a couple of shows ago, we didn't get to. Uh, we had sound of Sid talking to a former coach of his, Tony Granado, and mm. Tony was on the set of TNT, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and uh, it, it was, I thought it was fantastic, and you know, Tony being the class act that he is, uh, basically just thanked Sid for being Sid, and. Uh, like a, a wave of emotion, you could see it come right through your screen through through Sid, and he got choked up. Yeah. We don't see Sid choked up a lot. You know what I don't love about that is that that means he recognizes where he's at in his career too, right? People started to have allowed themselves to have like reflective moments. How can it not? Yeah. Like there's a lot of history there. The season's not going the way he'd like. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I, I, I'm with you. We have the clip. You want to hear it? I'd love it. Okay, let's play it. Yeah, thanks, Sid. And, and uh, you know, we've been discussing all along how important and how well you represent our game. And as always, after a tough game like this, to take a few minutes and be smiling, wear your Penguins hat on forward with pride. Uh, thanks for being Sid. That's just all I got to say. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. <clears throat> uh, Sidney Crosby, really appreciate it. Yeah, listen, uh, I, did you hear it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I got it. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe it's more visual that I saw him, but I, I'm telling you that this guy is so guarded and he's so such a pro yeah. that I, I, I sensed what you did, JB, mm-hmm. that there was a, a reflection there that went far deeper than just maybe their relationship. But it's where am I? What so, am I doing? It's like, Tony, I'm, I'm dragging these scumbags <laughs> along every day. This Kyle Carlson doesn't give a damn. This Kyle Dewey was fun and these guys are all the same in the body six. No one's ever hit anybody. Yeah. Malkin hasn't sweat all year. He left the cupboards <laughs> empty in Toronto and now he's doing Help. the same thing here. Yeah, he's um, seeing funny. some having some issues but in pits. Sid always, wasn't always buttoned up. Remember back in the day when, like, young Sid? When, who's no. he, with Sid's the Flyers? his whole career. No, the all Flyers. Right. And he's like... Because uh, I don't like them. Because I don't like them. You don't remember that clip? It's like an all timer. When no, they were I, asking about the Flyers. Some oh, people. Some God. people have been old from birth. Yeah. Um. I've been a pretty old guy most of my life. Sid, Sid feels like he's been an no, old guy people, his whole life. You know, Zach Hyman. This, this part of Sid's career has been incredible, and I've loved Sid ever since the World Juniors, since he was in, you know, uh, Ramuski. Mm-hmm. But like. There was a, at the start of his career, Sid the Kid, he was a whiner. People hated him much. He yeah. cried to the refs. Yeah. If you remember, Ilya Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk clowned him by, they got in a big scrap, and then he, Sid got put in the box, and he scored the power play goal, and he went by the box and pointed right at Sid. Like, there was moments early in his career, where, but then he's turned into the, the pro's pro, so. Right. I don't like him. That's like part him. of what you've loved about Sid yes. and valued is that he is, he has that fire, right? <laughs> that Our show is so predictable. Kipper brings up. The Canucks, and I'm like, ah, Sid. And then we talk about Sid for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Squirrel. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. Canucks. Like the Canucks. Canucks. Uh, drop an overtime uh, loss to Sid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the record is in February. 500? 5-5-2 five, five and two or something? Yeah, it's not, uh, not been great. They're past not been great. Uh, six games. Their only win is against Boston. They've lost to Winnipeg, Minnesota, Colorado, Seattle, and Pittsburgh last night. So, you know, every team hits the skids at some point over the course of the season. Um, you know, is this just a regular lull to you? Or is this Elias Pedersen sabotaging things after we said it? I mean, we, we knew that was We had happen. an in-depth conversation about his contract situation yesterday. Did you guys get any feedback sure at all? Sure did. Yeah. That we're creating something out of nothing. Really? Because yeah. I got a little bit of, uh, is, is this... Matthew Kachuk all over again. A guy who just does not want to be in Canada. Well, just is this is this going to go into the end of the regular season when it's like I'm probably not going to resign here, so you might want to trade me now kind of thing? I mean, if he feels that way, he should say those words. That would help the Canucks well, out. Well, Matthew so you... didn't say them until the season was over. You don't, right. you don't want to do that. Right. Yeah, I guess you don't give him a... If you're, Matt, not, Matt, I I mean, I don't want it for my Canuck fan friends, but can you imagine what a trade request for Elias Pettersson would do to the the market? That would not be good. Right no, now? No. 
Because they're having their best. That's what I, I feel for the fans there. Well, listen, because- we the, the Jets are in first, and we just talked about them and their arena situation. Canucks are in first, that's and now I mean. we're talking about it sucks. Patterson contract. Because they, they've, hey, they've stopped- welcome to pro sports. No, I know, Kipper, but like I'm a fan, unlike you. Like you don't you don't care about any of the teams, but I I care about you the don't Toronto- care about anything. <laughs> I, I'm so insensitive. <laughs> I care about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I care about them succeeding. And I understand if you're a Canucks fan, where you're like. Wow, finally, we're good again. Like, we actually have a team that feels like they could win something. And then just holding over your head this entire time is Pedersen being like, I don't feel like talking. I know, but I don't feel like talking. It's reality. It's pro sports. I know. I understand all that, Kipper. Be a pro, Sammy. Just everybody from from Vancouver management to, to Petey to the fans, just handle it. Just handle it. Manage it. Do Better than Tavares did in managing the market well, on your way out the door. In I the old say. days, you could lie. Tavares with the Islanders, he, right? He didn't you, you lie. Can, he didn't lie. He's just, he no, exercised his right as a well, free agent. Lies a strong I word. I don't think he lied either. You can um, deceit. Is that better? <laughs> How about a fib? I don't think it's fib. <laughs> None of you those fib. You don't really like it here. I want to stay. Maybe. <laughs> who, who, who wrote this article on the It's Frustrating Canucks Momentum? Uh, Ian McIntyre. Ian McIntyre. Yeah. So one of the paragraphs in McIntyre's article is, uh, listening to the Canucks players and Rick talk, and it feels like the team's 5-5-2 five, five, February is a disaster. To be sure, it would be worse if conference rivals like the Colorado Avalanche. He goes on to list the rest of the division. Struggling. 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. Dallas Stars, 4-3-3. Three, three. Vegas, 4-5-1. Edmonton, 5-4-1. These are good teams. Yeah. These are cup contenders. Losing a few games over a 10-game stretch does not kill your season. They're a good team. I They're agree. a good team. Good goalie, good defense. I, I Like I've said a million number times. Number one center, like number watching, one D. Like watching them play a lot. Uh, uh, everything's great. Everything is great. Ottawa seem to have had some uh, good synergy going into Nashville, except... Uh, they lost. The team's and, a frustrating team. And frustrating Josh Norris team. is hurt again. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. You know, you know they, we just talked about Drysdale's shoulder. Like, Norris is now multi young kid with multiple, yeah. you know, hamburger shoulder issues. It's not good. I played those guys. You two surgeries. Pops two, out all the time. Two surgeries on the shoulder, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And young, you know, so that is, that's a concern for them. I would say all these other Ottawa concerns this year, a lot of them feel fixable to me. Like need some veteran guys, need some D, need you know, need some goaltending. That's all fixable. If the guys who you have as a part of your core, like all right, we're gonna turn around on the backs of Kachuk and Norris mm-hmm. and you know, whoever you consider in that, having one of them be, you know, this injured this often, this early is one of the genuine red flags of the rebuild. That yeah. doesn't sound like any type of major trade is coming. They might tweak a few things. You don't uh, think they'll move off one of Chikrin or Shabbat? I don't think there's enough time to pull off a Chikrin trade, to be honest no with Shabbat. you. Unless they've been working behind the scenes that nobody would know about. Feels like it would be one of those ones that would happen pre-deadline. If It's, it's not going to be like Chikrin moves at 2.34 p.m. on the deadline. Bigger one than that. Because I don't know what's right for this Senators team, but this season has been so dis- disappointing for them. Shabbat makes $8 million and I want him at $8 million. I You want, do? I do. I like I don't, Shabbat. I, I believe that you'd have a, a tough time finding a team to take him at $8 million Well, bucks. that's... So if you don't have to can put you give up me much... A, can you give me a team that could use him? all the time. He plays 25 minutes a night, you know, when he's on. Um, so he's a left-shot guy. Tampa? You know, offensive. Yeah, Tampa was... 
they've kind of been rumored to be in on everyone, right? Hannafin has come mm-hmm. up, and any sort of name that can produce offense and replace Sergachev and his money, you know, could Shapot be that? Yeah, he's playing twenty three fifty eight this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He plays twenty four minutes in his sleep. Quickly before we go, how about the Flames, boys? They just Can't won't lose. Quit. Four in a row the, now. I know. And Against the teams playoff they, teams. Yeah, who they beat? They beat the Bruins, LA, Bruins Oilers, Jets, Oilers. Crazy. Yeah. Didn't you love Gary Galley on our show the other day telling yes. uh, the management bugger bugger off? Yeah. Is that a nice way to put it? Yeah. Conroy's like, sorry, gals. Scram, yeah. beat it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, gals. I'm Playoffs. about to get. I'm about to get. A boatload of picks here <laughs> yeah. in prospects. But. Yeah, we're going to load it up. But it does suck if you're on that team and you're cadre and like, we're hot. It, there is a different feel for a team like Calgary to unload than it is Kyle Dubas's Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, they're, that's a team that you go, oh, my God, how many years would they need to come back? Mm-hmm. Five? No, I agree. And then Calgary you going. You can see it. Uh, Calgary can be. Next year's version of Vancouver, possibly. For sure they can. If you keep Markstrom. Yeah, Markstrom, and you, you like the young kid in Zari, and Kadri's kind of playing well. Huberto can still find it and have a good year. You like Uyghur a lot. Anderson's great in the back. Added, they have added a Kuzmenko lot of good who can score. And like... This is the thing with Vancouver that we said last year, too. They had a lot of good players, even when they were losing. I know Calgary's winning right now, but you can see a quick turnaround. Okay, quickly. Rangers. Columbus, we see a big fight no, tonight or not? I don't know. I, I hope he doesn't go. I do too. I do not want to watch the bunch again. Yeah, I'm watching that game. I'll watch a lot percent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, our thanks to Steve Valaket, who does an amazing job, and Cody Hodgson, now. Great interview, too. Star player with Milwaukee Admirals, and we wish him the best of luck moving forward. Enjoy your games tonight. And we are back tomorrow for Off the Rails. Thursday. It's Thursday. Is today only Wednesday? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Never mind. See you tomorrow. Yeah, let me just see you tomorrow.